Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas Taylor. And I'm Lex. And for today's episode, we are going to be going over and discussing Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Just our initial thoughts, a little bit of the background from the comics we've read, and just diving into Disney Plus's newest Marvel show. But before we get into that, I want to plug our social media right here in the beginning for all of you new listeners. Please go follow our Twitter account, CMX Collective, over on Twitter, as well as our Instagram, The Comics Collective, to be a part of a giveaway that we're doing tomorrow on Twitter, and then just to be there for any content surrounding the podcast. Also, right off the top, we would love it if you all would rate and review us on whatever platform that you're listening on right now, because that super boosts us. And we honestly would love to hear your thoughts and your comments about all of our episodes and what we're doing with the podcast now. So please go ahead and do that. Even just right now, like click pause and come back. But please do that. All right. Shameless plugs out of the way. We we really appreciated everybody that's been doing those things. It's been so fun to build a little bit of a community over on Twitter, and we look forward to making, fleshing that even more and more out. It's been so, so fun the last couple of weeks. But with all that out of the way, let's jump right into the discussion. With this being the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and us only reading a miniseries for it, because frankly, guys, that Spider-Man binge, while fun, was kind of a slog. <laughs> I had like, to take I had to take a spa day for it. After like that. there was a lot. So we the next couple of weeks are going to be a little bit lighter as we build towards our next big big episode is going to be on April 22nd where we're going to have back fan favorite Anne from Antox oh, Comics. I'm so excited. And Evan from the Twitter account Evan not Evan to talk about giant days to celebrate my graduation from college. About so, time. Just, yeah, right on time, four years, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going we're gonna to go read Giant Days, the single greatest work of college fiction ever, and there is a lot of college fiction in the world. So <laughs> mark your calendars, April 22nd. That's the next big boy episode, and or big girl episode, big person episode, whatever that episode wants to identify yeah, as. Individual. Good for that episode, but... Until then, we're just going to be doing like little stuff and just kind of checking in as life is very busy right now for very everybody. Um, but before we jump into Falcon and the Winter Soldier stuff, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about other stuff we've been watching and reading that might not get their own episode, but that we have thoughts about. Before we were on air, Alexis was talking with me a little <laughs> bit about The Crown. Do you want to talk oh to us about your your binge of The Crown right now, Alexis? I'm so late to the loop so nobody like come for me or anything because I was like why would I want to watch a show about the royal family I don't really like them oh my heavens oh my I like have to keep reminding myself that it's like kind of their actual real life <laughs> because there's like a whole episode because I'm only I'm only on the second season so far because I mean I have a job so I have to like go to work Curses. especially because yeah I mean heaven forbid my parents are my boss so I still Ooh, kind yeah. of watch it at work but so there's, there's been like so many episodes where I have to like remind myself of like like for example there's a whole episode where like the queen Elizabeth is talking like her and her husband's marriage is like super touchy I mean because if you think about it I mean I had to kind of step back and think about like why is Philip being such a dick and then I was like well this is a 1950s marriage where the woman is in charge, which doesn't happen. So I was like, I had to remind myself, like, why he's being such a little priss about the fact that his wife can boss him around. Because there's, like, a whole episode where their marriage is just, like, a disaster. And then I had to, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, they're going to get a divorce. And I had to, like, remind myself. I was like, oh, wait, no. Philip still <laughs> is around. He shouldn't I, be. Yeah, he's a zombie. Is. He They've been weekend like at Bernie's that guy. They've been weekend at Bernie'sing that guy for like five years. Ugh, I don't even know. I think honestly, you know why they're all still here? It's because Princess Diana's waiting for them, and they know it. So they're just gonna live forever. <laughs> 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 
They're, they don't want to account for the things on the other side. She's just like sitting. She's sitting right next to to all the big boys up there, just in her own throne, just waiting for him at the <laughs> gate. And she's like, no, don't let them in. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah, I watched like the first couple episodes of that show, and I really liked it, but... My wife found it a little bit slow, and we we only really have time to watch shows together, so we moved on to something else. But yeah, see, I I uh I watch it under the blanket while Carson watches either. Uh, he's super into The Punisher right now. He loves oh, that the, show. The Netflix show. Yeah, with the guy that plays Shane in Walking Dead. Did he watch the Daredevil stuff before? He's watching going that Punisher? now. No, oh, they oh. watched that out of order. Okay, Daredevil season one is like perfect TV. Really? Just, okay. It is okay. perfect TV. I I watched it all. That was like my first binging experience, like right at the beginning of high school. Really? Where I like that show came out and I was like, I'll watch one episode. And then it was 4 a.m. And I was like, <laughs> I watched eight hours. That's me with the crown. I watched eight hours of that show and I don't regret it at all. Because like <laughs> I love, love the run of Daredevil that that's based on. The Frank mm-hmm. Miller stuff is like my favorite thing in the world. Okay, I he was like it, he hasn't started it, but like it's like his next, like he's watching it. So I should tell him just to freaking do it. Yeah, I think you should watch it with him. Honestly, it is I probably really will. Good. The only it's my the, only thing about the Punisher is like I have a super like ick for gore. Like ooh. Daredevil's I like really gets brutal. me going. Like the Punisher I'm, is worse than Daredevil, but like yeah. there are some scenes in Daredevil that like. I mean, there's I mean, always I, gonna like. We watched The Walking Dead together, and, like, I mean, I've seen some squished brains, but, like, ugh. There's only the, so much I can take. The worst it gets in Daredevil is one of the bad guys, like, beats the this guy to a pulp and yeah. then sits him down with his head in an open car door, and he oh. just, like, slams the door shut a bunch of yeah, times he, until the guy's like... decapitated. Ah! Yep, that gave and, me. like... Shivers. You don't see it happening, but you but, like, hear no. it happening. And it's, yeah, it's gnarly. Well, even, I don't remember what episode. Because, like, I didn't watch all of Punisher. Because mm-hmm. it was Carson and his and a friend that were binging it, like, mm-hmm. every day after work for, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, like, when I'd come over, I'd catch, like, the three episodes that they watched that night. Mm-hmm. And just, like, there was this one. I don't even remember, like, what it was or who. I don't even really know the characters that well. Um, But, oh, my gosh. I was, like, holy bananas. I swear, if they don't lay off, like, legitimately brutally murdering each other, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. I've never been a huge Punisher guy. I've just, I've never bought into, like, the superhero that kills. Yeah, he's which... just so much. Which is kind of like, what? no, except I love Wolverine, which well, totally goes against, like, I hate all other <laughs> anti-heroes, but, like, Wolverine is my king. I love that little short king. And he, he reminds me of our dad. So I really, like, I analyzed that the other day, and I was like, why do I like Wolverine? I'm like, it's because it's like spending quality time with my dad. Because dad doesn't spend comic. quality time. Because our dad doesn't talk. Never. <laughs> but he did he- talk at work today. About cookies, so progress. Mm. Mm. He had two boxes of crumble cookies, which was really interesting. And see, so a little context: our dad is a hardcore construction worker, has been like his whole life, and all of our uncles work for our dad, and they're all in the same office. And I've been working there the past few months, and since now we're all condensed into the same space with each other, I have taken on the role of running to get lunch because my job's made up so I don't really have to do anything mm-hmm. and so today I decided because usually it's we get for lunch what I want for lunch because everybody has a job and they're too busy working on what they're doing mm-hmm. and so today I walk in to the uncle's office and everybody's sitting in there and I go hey what kind of salads and just the in their eyes of just like <laughs> there's more than one kind first of all the green and kind just, yeah i know it was great it was great all i had to say was barbecue chicken and they said yeah okay we'll go with that one we'll go with that <laughs> one 
and they all got the same thing. I like and it. Also, Good for them. Great. Culture. Culture, you Prog- men. Yeah, progress. But, all right, are there any other things that you're reading and watching right now that you want to talk about before I dive into the little side stuff I've been doing? Oh, well, I'm super into true crime stuff. Like, mm-hmm. super into it. And I got a book the other day. I am only a little bit into it because I heard, I heard a podcast about it. I don't remember which one. I feel so bad. Otherwise, I'd plug them. But it's called Room. There's a movie with our lovely Brie Larson in it. Mm. and But it was originally a book. And it's written by Emma Donahue, I think. And it's, I mean, it's terrible. Like, everybody's going to really, like, get a full grasp of, like, how terrible of a human being I am. But um, it's about this girl that gets abducted as a teenager. And she's, like, locked in this guy's shed. And she has a kid in the span of being there. And it's, like, her little life, like, just in their room with her little boy. And it's so sad. I mean, they're only in the room for, like, the first, like, three, four, five chapters. And then it's, like, them adjusting to real life afterwards. And it's just, like, so cute because, like, I mean, it's terrible. It's a terrible, horrible story. But, like, her little boy is so cute. And, like, this, like his understanding of everything and, like, how she tried to protect him from everything. But I'm not very far in the book. But I did watch the movie. And it's very good. But it's very intense. So. Yeah, sounds like it. It reminds me of, there's an episode of Inside Number 9, which is this amazing show that I like that that sort of reminds me of yeah it like but. makes me feel sick to my stomach but like i don't know why i like it <laughs> maybe i'm a psychopath i mean speaking of things listen to this pivot speaking <laughs> of both superheroes that kill people in a way that i don't really care for things that you watch even though you don't really like it and you don't know why you watch it but you're morbidly fascinated i have watched half of Zack snyder's justice league Ah, that was a solid, solid move. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you might, <laughs> listener at home, you might be thinking, half? He's watched half of a movie. Yeah, it's four hours long. Four what? hours. It's horrible. That's Calling a crime. it the Snyder Cut is a misnomer. It's, uh, he didn't cut anything. It should be called <laughs> Snyder's Kitchen Sink. Extended. Snyder's Extended. 10% of the movie is in slow motion, Alexis. 10 See, I'm really glad you didn't make me watch that. Plot twist, I haven't seen this at all. Okay, so you, before we were on here, you were saying you didn't didn't know the whole gist with the Snyder Cut. So I'm going to give like real brief what it's about and then my thoughts so far. Yes. So basically, back in 2017, Zack Snyder, off of making Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, he was in the midst of making his Justice League movie when he had a family emergency that caused him to have to walk away from the movie. And instead of waiting for him to come back and finish his original vision, the studio decided decided to hire Joss Whedon, the guy that was responsible for the first two Avengers movies, oh, yeah. who has since been outed as quite the creep, but that's a whole separate thing. And he came in, And he rewrote like 80% of the movie. And then they just like mashed his movie and Snyder's movie together into this horrible Cronenberg monster. And they released it in 2017 and nobody liked it. Because like Zack Snyder has a very like dark, this is mythology, these superheroes are gods Mm -hmm. take on the DC Universe. And Joss Whedon wanted to make the Avengers but Justice League. And so... It, there was like a lot of dissonance between the two. And so for the last three years, fans of Zack Snyder uh, being egged on by Zack Snyder have been whining at Warner Brothers to release the director's cut, Snyder's original cut of the Justice League. Let him make the movie that he wanted to make. And so finally, the pandemic hits. Warner Brothers is like, balls, we got to release a movie and we got to oh. get people to buy HBO Max. So they were like, hey, Zacky Poo, you said that you were pretty much done with this thing. Can we do that? And he said, yes, I'm going to need $170 million for reshoots, and it'll be out March 18th. And so last Thursday, when we released our Spider-Man Spectacular, <laughs> Zack Snyder released into the world his four-hour behemoth of a movie, Justice League. 
Wow, it's just a whole day dedicated to a lot of content. A lot. A lot yeah, of content. A, a lot happened. And so <laughs> I went in. I have never been a huge fan of Zack, Zack Snyder's take on the DC universe. I don't I don't really buy into like gritty, hardcore takes on these superheroes. I think that they are inherently silly and sweet, and that's when they're best. Like I kind of I like I mean we talked about it last week. I like when superheroes wear their heart on their sleeve. And there's something inherently funny to me about a movie where a man that dresses like a bat beats people to death and says the F word. Like that's, yeah, that's really funny to me. And so I, but I wanted to be part of the conversation. So I watched the first half of this movie and I, I'm going to finish it because frankly, it's better than his other DC movies that I've seen. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to say that out of the gate. Is it my favorite thing in the world? No. Do I think it's pretty good? Sure. Like, I don't think I'll ever watch it again after I watch it through this first time, but, like, I'm not having a bad time with it. And there are a lot of really fun scenes. So anybody that's interested in Zack Snyder's Justice League, if you have four hours to spare, I think there are a lot of better movies you could spend four hours on. But if you want to watch it, I don't think it's going to hurt you. You know, like, I'm not suffering through this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you have four hours, I would suggest watching Avatar. But other than that, spend see, your time on the Snyder's Cut. <laughs> the other day, I was watching Django Unchained again. And that movie is two hours and 45 minutes. And I was like, this is a long movie, but it's good. So yeah. it's worth being long. And yeah, I have watched just about that much of the Snyder Cut. And I'm like, it's not really comparable. What was I watching? Oh, did you ever see the movie Tenet? Yeah, not my favorite. Oh, oh, that was the longest movie I have ever watched in my life, I swear. And the worst part is, so our whole family went, other than you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so mom and dad were there, and me and Carson and Tiffany and AJ. And then, like, halfway through, me and Carson, like, give each other, like, the eyes of, like, we need to get the F out of here. And then all of a sudden, mom and dad go, so we're going to leave. Will you take the kids home? And we're like, what? Oof. What? We have to stay? So we had to stay for the rest of the movie. But Yeah. I yeah. I was not a big fan of Tenet. Mm-mm. And my biggest was complaint cool was... It was a cool idea. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, it was a cool concept, but I just don't feel like there was actually a story. No. And the sound design was horrible. I could not hear what people were saying for no. that whole movie. Like, I understand I'm a little bit deaf, but, like... A little bit is an understatement. But, like, I could not understand the gobbledygook that was going on in that movie. <laughs> I needed closed captioning. They should <laughs> just do that in all movies. They should. Like, I'm, they should. I mean, as much as, as important as it is for, like, people who actually need them, I do not actually need them. But I... I do... <laughs> Yeah. Like I was watch I was watching something the other day and I was like, I have no idea what these people are saying. <laughs> and yeah. I need to read what these people are saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's fine. It's definitely a cultural touch point that I'm happy I'm a part of. Uh, as far as excellent movies that I watched this last week for the first time, I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix. That is Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther, if you didn't know. It was his last performance before he passed away. And he he is starring next to Viola Davis, and it's all about blues music in uh, the Harlem Renaissance in the 1920s. It is a marvelous film. I really, really liked it. So I didn't, if, I didn't know that had come out. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It was nominated for an Oscar. If that sounds like your kind of thing, I really enjoyed it. And then... As far as things that I've been reading, I don't think we're ever going to do an episode about Annihilation, the Marvel event that kickstarted the whole Guardians of the Galaxy craze back in the early 2000s. But Mm -hmm. I'm finally getting around to reading it, and it is so, 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 so good. Like, I am really, really, really enjoying it. So there's a little shameless plug before we get into what we actually read (laughs) for this. I didn't want to make Alexis read this big comic book event annihilation but if you have not read annihilation 
and you are a fan of like the more cosmic side of Marvel comics, like you like the Guardians of the Galaxy, you like Nova, you like all that space jazz. It's all in there, and it's all really, really, really well done. So there is a plug for Annihilation. Also, if you want to know more about Annihilation, the YouTube account Matt Draper, YouTube personality, whatever you want to call him, video essayist, he did an excellent video about Annihilation that made me go buy it and read it. So mm. there's another 20 minutes of content that you can go watch after this. Love, but Lex, do you want to introduce our actual topic for the day now that we're 20 minutes into this Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode and we haven't yeah, talked about it Yeah, without yet. talking about it even once. Do you want to kickstart the conversation with that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's common knowledge. Everybody knows um, the very first episode of Disney Plus's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out last Friday. Um, I feel like it had a definite softer um opening than our lovely Scarlet Witch did and WandaVision. Um but I thought it I thought it was good. I thought it was a good um first episode. I feel like it kind of set up where both of our characters are. We were able to see um Sam who is our Falcon and Bucky who is the Winter Soldier. And I thought it was very interesting to see kind of how they were also after the events of end game and after everything the the big battle that we saw at the end um yeah and i and i um thought it was yeah i thought it was really interesting to see where they were and also we to accompany watching this episode we also read the um five issue run of the comic version of the falcon and the winter soldier which also um reading i I actually already kind of saw some similarities that I think that they're going to set up, which I thought was really cool. And I, I hope that they follow the kind of the flow of what the comics did, because I, I really liked the read. It was super quick. I read through the whole thing in one sitting um, and I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And just for anybody that's curious, that Falcon and Winter Soldier mini that we read was a miniseries published by Marvel Comics in 2020, written by Derek Landy, with penciler Daniel Mora, and colorist David Coriel, and uh, letterer VCs Joe Caramagna. So, if you type in Falcon and the Winter Soldier into whatever comics app you use, or if you go to your local comic store and look for it, that is the one that you're looking for. But, yeah, I was surprised by how much I liked this episode. Yeah. This was definitely the one I was the least interested in because it felt like I don't love hoorah superheroes. Does that make sense? Like, I don't love when the superheroes interact with the U.S. military, when they're involved in, like, Mm -hmm. overseas conflict. That's just something that, like, I'm not, I'm not super drawn to, right? Yeah. Let them play aliens. Yeah, or let them save people. Yeah. I don't really care for them to be involved in our conflicts in the Middle East. Yeah, and like real problems. Yeah. They, they, I like, just... tiptoe, they like tiptoe around like hidden themes. Yeah, and it's just like, it, it comes across like military propaganda to me, which isn't something I'm super interested in partaking in. Yeah. And so just like from the outset, I was like, oh man, I this was the one I was least interested in of all the Disney Plus shows announced. But I was like, you know what? I'll watch it. Like, what else am I going to do on a Friday afternoon? Work? Come on. And so You don't work. I don't work. <laughs> Come on. What? So I booted it up. And first thing, first like 10 minutes, I was like, yep, this is exactly what I expected. Yeah, is and it is. Falcon hoorahing with the military. <laughs> but then, but then for the next 40 minutes after that, it was character piece about Sam and character piece about Bucky. Yeah, it had no superhero. And I loved it. I loved that there were no capes and cowls for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I have never cared about these two characters more than I did after that episode. See, like, I, I cared. What? I do love myself a good Bucky. Have oh, loved yeah. him. Me and my 12-year-old angsty self. 
loved some guy liner in whenever the Captain America Winter Soldier came out. Winter Soldier, yeah. Um, I did like in the comic that we read the little reference from Bucky about Clint Barton. Yeah. Because Matt Rosenberg has written a bunch of good comics where those two are like the buddy cop dynamic. Oh. And everybody wants them to be boyfriends. <laughs> Everybody's like Bucky and Hawkeye. Or Bucky's cat. Bucky's cat. As a, a as a proud cat dad. As a proud That's cat so dad. So cute. There's like a scene where he's Alpine. like, yes, proud cat dad. But like, there's this. It like opens right into this. The very first page. There's a scene where Bucky is like just sitting with his cat in his little house. And he gets stormed by, like, this huge, like, ambush. And he just, like, tucks his cat into his hoodie and just, like, destroys all of these dudes that are in his mm-hmm. house. And then he just gets on his motorcycle and leaves. And I'm pretty sure, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that the cat was wearing goggles on the motorbike. Oh. But, like, I oh, it was so great. It was so great. And he just, like, had him. He just had the cat with him. It was so great. Super, super fun. Yeah, it was a fun, really fun comic series that I think captured what I think the rest of the show is going to be with this really fun buddy cop dynamic and kind of like an exploration of um, the politics in America about who gets to represent America, right? Yeah. Because like the first episode, I mean, the thing that I was the proudest of of this show was its willingness to talk about race and particularly like how the u.s government and the u.s military in particular has failed people of color yeah like i thought it was so so interesting obviously the stand-in in this show is i'm an avenger right but yeah when, absolutely when falcon goes in to get a loan for his business he has saved the world multiple times he has served his country he's done everything and they just leave him out to dry, right? Or even, uh, did you catch on to the comment of the of the actual employee of what he said to him? Because no, what, he... Uh, what? No, you go, you go. Oh, I was just... I just was watching it, and it, like, hit me like a pile of bricks because the, the bank employee, when they first sat down, he was like, I know you from somewhere. Like, I know you. Where do I know you from? And he goes, do you play basketball? And I just, like, that just so didn't sit right with me because, like, he just automatically assumed, like, oh, you probably are a famous basketball player. That's probably where I know you from. Like, It was especially interesting, especially interesting that that took place in New Orleans, right where LSU is, which is a very, very prominent athletic school that has had quite a few scandals surrounding their athletes being treated poorly outside of their being on the field or on the yeah. court. So like it, it, it seemed intentional, <laughs> you know, or like it, when he was yeah. like, when he's like, we can't really do loans for you people. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, do you mean people that look like us or like Avengers? He's like, Oh, well both. And you're like, Holy shit. Like, oh, oh, okay. okay. All right. And like, I thought that was such an interesting angle to take. And then with Bucky, having it be an exploration oh. of his mental health, where he is as a person. I love and that. And like, if you read the comics, you know both of these people wear the cowl at some point, right? They carry the yeah. shield. They're both Captain America at some point. And so I thought it was such an interesting exploration to be like, this person doesn't fit the Captain America mold for this reason and this person doesn't fit it for this reason and to really like set that tension up from the outset of the show and then to end on us agent being there and being like the most milk toast like make america great again captain america (laughs) oh he is the walmart version of captain america let me tell you that it was just it was such an interesting shot to end on right after exploring these two really complex characters and then to be like, and this is the kind of symbol that America wants. And they gave their Captain America a gun, which was a whole nother <laughs> thing. Like, not yeah. only does Walmart brand Captain America stroll out, but he's got a, he's got a piece. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked it. I think <clears throat> my favorite scene, my favorite interactions were definitely Sam and his sister, right? Oh, absolutely. All of, that, all of that was great. Him going to his hometown and just seeing the Avengers on their day offs. Like, those have always been my favorite comics. Are yeah, when... just they're like real people. And yeah, I think that's, again, that's the difference between the Marvel and DC approach at this point is like Marvel characters are people that save the world and the DC characters are very much being portrayed as like the gods that come down and save humanity. Yes. And I love that Falcon and the Winter Soldier on a week where we got a four hour movie all about superheroes as like uncaring gods, we got like down to earth. These are two human beings just going through their life. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. And then I loved Bucky's therapy. I loved Bucky's date. Like, oh, I, his I date. love that there was time in an MCU show for a superhero to go on a date. Yeah. And he played Battleship. That was so cute. I loved that. It was really cute. And I loved was his, like relationship. his relationship with the old man. His relationship with the old man. I thought they did a good job of showing and not telling that like his relationship with that old man was part of his making amends for his time as the winter soldier. And I think that's a really interesting thing to be exploring. It was overall, it was good. I really liked the show. Yeah. I, I personally really loved, um, Bucky's new character development. I feel like I want to go a little bit more in depth with that because as someone that has, um, experienced therapy um, I consider myself and I've been told also by other people that um, I I have a very strong personality where I don't like people telling me like that I have issues or like things that I need to do um, and I have a very stubborn minded approach to that type of thing and I kind of felt like i was able to see that scene through my eyes a little bit as well because with my own personal experience through therapy I found it really hard with like the soft therapeutic um approach that sometimes people lead with you know I feel like um when people think of therapy they think of like oh like it's a gentle it's a soft experience but with this scene I I watched it and I was also I was watching it with my boyfriend as well and he made a comment that he was like oh my gosh that therapist is awful and I was like in my own mind I was like like what do you mean like she's telling him exactly what he needs to hear because he's never had anyone tell him that before he has no sense of reality and I feel like what she was telling him in those scenes and like being aggressive with him is exactly what he needed because he is stubborn and close-minded and slightly aggressive in his past. And so I thought that was a very interesting thing to see. And I really liked it a lot. And I also, I mean, I feel like we have to comment on how he is coping with his little list of things to do that she gives him of like how to make amends with people. And we like get the cut scene of him like, bugging that lady's car and like driving him around and crashing the car and like all that. And he's like, yes, like, of course I did all these like constructive things that you told me to do. But Mm -hmm. of course we like get the side story of like, I mean, he, he didn't lie, but you definitely did a little more than he was supposed to, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I really liked being able to see how he's recovering, like how, because how the I feel like how the U.S. is making him recover versus how in his time in Wakanda he was very calm and he was healing himself. But I feel like since him coming back to the U.S. and the States, he is being forced to heal in a way that I feel like is contrary to what he would have done for himself. And so I feel like his list was very interesting to see and the relationship with the old man who we in the end find out um, – spoiler, I feel like we should have said that at the beginning, but is one of the men he's supposed to be making an amends with 
for overall killing the man's son out of pure cold blood and just convenience. Because we also get the scene where Bucky's obviously hunting someone as the Winter Soldier. And this poor man is caught in the in the moment and after Bucky kills his target and he's just trying to get into his hotel room like he can't get the key in the doorknob and he's just caught in the crossfire and Bucky takes his life and I find it very interesting to see how hard of a time that Bucky has with making that specific amend because he it was really interesting and really big to me to see how far he's come because you really can see that it hurts him on an emotional level to see how his actions hurt someone that he now cares about because he considers that old man a friend. So I thought that was my that was my overall favorite part of the show. Alexis is the winter soldier question mark? Uh yes. <clears throat> Surprise. Yeah. I yeah, I, I really liked it. I don't know that I have a ton more to say about the show other than I'm excited to see where it goes. I was very excited to see Batroc the Leaper there at the beginning in his purple and yellow coat. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Batroc the Leaper is a longtime, very stupid Captain America villain. And if you haven't picked up in a month of listening to us that the stupider the character, the more I like them... Let this be my explicit saying. Fancy Dan. <laughs> Fancy Dan is awesome. Batroc the Leaper, awesome. The stupidest of them all, Taskmaster. Love him. Excited to see him <laughs> in Black Widow in July. Oh, um, I cannot wait for that movie. I wish I was more excited for that movie. I just feel like I'm definitely going to see it, you know. Well, but yeah. Like, I'm excited for The Eternals. I feel like that's going to be dope. I'm excited mm-hmm. for Shang-Chi. I just... I feel like Black Widow... That movie should have come out. Like, we should have gotten a Black Widow solo movie, like, before Endgame. You know? Yeah, it just seems kind of weird died. to be like, here's a little side movie about the chick that just died in the last movie. Yeah, and also the one who didn't get a funeral. Yeah. But heaven yeah, forbid, Tony Stark her, gets a big one. They just let her stay dead at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nothing. No words yeah. said. No thoughts had empty. Yep. I. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that goes. Honestly, I've been loving the Black Widow comics that are coming out right now. So maybe we'll do an episode about Black Widow if when the time comes. Who who the hell knows? It's a couple months away, and we'll see how we're doing. Maybe but we'll up to the premiere. But do we want to pivot into talking about the comic Falcon and the Winter Soldier a little bit more? Absolutely. I thought it was so fun. Like, it was fast-paced. It was a quick read. And like you said, it opens with action. And there are never any, like, lulls in the excitement. Because even when they're not fighting, like, the character dynamic between Sam and Bucky and the conversations they have and the characters they meet is just so fun. And you really get the sense of, like, that they have that deep history together without having to explain it. Like, they just have, I feel like I just received, like, such a strong feeling of, like, these dudes know each other, even though they don't communicate all the time. Like, Bucky just, like, pulled up and was like, hey, my house got attacked. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, they, like, stumbled upon each other. And then they just instantly were like, okay, like, yeah, let's go do this thing together i thought that the the characterization of baron zemo and the surprise second villain was really fun super plot twist really i like the second she was on panel i was like oh she's the other bad guy really no i was totally taken off guard i was like oh my gosh what yeah that was a good reveal for you i mean i liked it it was fun i thought her tentacle tattoos were dope Yes. But. She also did give me super strong Harley Quinn vibes. Yeah. I don't know if it was like the pink tip hair. I don't know. Something. I definitely didn't think it. you were going to say tip. Yep, pink tip. <laughs> yep. Um, and no, then pink and blonde hair. That kid, the natural that they introduced, I thought oh, was a wow. really, really interesting character. And he served as a great 
sounding board for Sam and Bucky to like discuss what Captain America actually is, right? Yes. Because for anybody that hasn't read the comic, the natural is like a 20 something year old kid that he's blonde. He's a great fighter. He is American born through and through. And he wants to inherit the mantle of Captain America. Like he loves Captain America. He loves Sam. He loves Bucky, but he's also working for Hydra. And he's like, Oh no, this is a different kind of Hydra. Like this Hydra doesn't isn't evil they aren't nazis they just like they just defend like the good hard-working american you know yeah. and like he said a lot of rhetoric that has become more and more prominent in america over the last four years and it was really interesting to see that on panel to see the disconnect where he could simultaneously look up to sam wilson but then be part of a hate group and perpetuate and say things like, oh, like, he's Captain America because, like, he was born into the right race, basically. You know, like, he never said, I think Captain America's great because he's a white blonde guy. But, like, that's what but, he was saying. You yeah, know? it was said without being said. And I thought that, that that disconnect was so interesting where he's like, he can simultaneously love Falcon, but be, like, but, but lift up white supremacists. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool to see the the comic take that on and be like, no, what makes him Captain America is that, like, he is the embodiment of America, and America is an inherently diverse place. Exactly. Like, he doesn't hold up the America that you think. He holds up the America where, like, he is representative of so many different people, and he wants to be that for so many different people. And he represents the statue of liberty like bring me you're hungry you're downtrodden you know mm-hmm. and that was a cool message i i find myself like wanting to like captain america so much more than i ever end up liking him because i think is i love the mcu captain america i'll get that out of the way mm-hmm. i thought chris evans was an excellent captain america but in the comic books he a lot of the time he comes across as like super cop to me yeah and like that's really boring. And I almost, I want, I like when he's personified more or characterized rather more as like a Superman where Mm -hmm. like Superman loves everybody. Superman stands up for everybody. Superman is a beacon of hope and light. And I think the way that Sam and Bucky talked about Steve in this mini series very much touched on the points that like, I really like in Captain America and I wish were more prominently displayed in Captain America comics. Yeah, that's very interesting that in the comics, they say that about him, but you don't feel like his comic persona is that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just, like, because I've tried reading a lot of Captain America comics, right? Yeah. I'm always like, I want to like this character more. And people are like, go read this one. And I'm like, okay. And I read it, and I'm like, kind of just comes across as, like, super cop. Yeah. And just over and over again. And that's not totally my own bias. I was having a conversation on Twitter the other day about this, how like I didn't like the Ed Brubaker Captain America run. And that's like heresy in the comics world. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I, I just think I want him to be more like Superman. And I realize he's not Superman. I realize they have to differentiate him from Superman, but yeah, I liked the way that they talked about what the symbol of Captain America is in this comic. And I think that's a theme that is very much going to be explored in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I really hope so. I hope that they do that. Totally. I I mean, I don't see how they can't, you know? Like, yeah, it, especially the way seems, that they set up the new one. It seems so set up from episode one to be exploring what, how we represent America, what that symbol yeah. should be like. And I, all I can say is I am very excited for Sam to don his Captain America outfit because he was a great Captain America in the comics when that was happening. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good stuff. Um, do you have anything else do you want to say about the comic or the show or just things in general before we close up? Um, well, no, I mean, yeah, just the, um, I really liked the comic. I, thought it was a super fun quick read like just sit down for an hour and read through them I really liked how fast-paced and 
I feel like there were so many good characters and we were able to see their relationships with each other really well. Um, and I feel like it, the same goes for the show too. I really liked seeing the two character, the two main characters relationships with like Sam's family and um, Bucky's friendships that he's making now in his normal quote unquote normal life. And I'm just really excited to see what comes from this. And I hope that they, I hope that they do it justice. I hope that they make it something fun, you know, cause I feel like, Following WandaVision, it's everyone was so ridiculously obsessed with that show that it, I mean, I understand that it's probably going to be hard to come after that, but I hope that they are able to rise to the occasion. I mean, I, they have every opportunity to. So if they, if, mm-hmm. even if they follow the comic remotely, like I'd be pleased with it. So totally, um, totally piggybacking back to the conversation at the beginning of this. I, I saw another show I want to talk about real quick. <laughs> Go for it. Close. Go nuts. I finally watched Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, <gasps> I haven't. Did you buy it? It ruled. It ruled. Wait, did you buy it on Mom's Disney Plus? Can I watch it? No, no. Who's? I, we went to the theater because oh. we wore our masks. We were responsible. <gasps> it was what? a very small showing. We're good. What? Side note, I'm so sorry. But the Cinemark by our house burned down. Oh, ours that we would go to and watch movies as little kids. That's so sad. I know. Oh, that just broke my heart. I know. That was like, like my childhood I movie theater. The other day, and it's like on fire, and I was like, "Oh, there goes my That's whole so childhood." Oh. So I will not be seeing it in the theater. Wow. Um, it's worth the rent. I. It was easily like my favorite thing to come out of Disney in a long, long time. Like I liked it better than I liked Frozen Two. I liked it better than I liked Moana. I liked it. I like I liked those things, right? It, what do you think of Aquafina as the dragon? She ruled. I love Aquafina. She like new shoe. But no, she's totally her own thing. Like she's a fun, that. quirky dragon. I was kind of worried like, that they'd kind of try to be like what Mushu was, but I'm glad that they didn't. No, and obviously I'm I'm a white dude, right? So like take my opinions worth a grain of salt, but it felt respectful of the cultures that it was drawing from. And it was a really, really fun fantasy, fantastical narrative. And more than anything, it was so Claremont X-Men that it was ridiculous. Like what? the whole, yes. So like Chris Claremont, when he was writing the X-Men, his like number one thing was that like women rule and everyone's bisexual. <laughs> and all these women because they can't kiss, they will fight. And like, Ryan the Last oh, Dragon reeked of, I really want to kiss you, but I can't. So let's fight. <laughs> and you just had these two that. powerful women kicking the crap out of each other throughout the whole movie. And the whole time you're like, I just want you to kiss instead. Just kiss, just kiss each other. Just be girlfriends and kiss. I'm waiting Stop for fighting. them to do it. Stop fighting and be girlfriends. It's okay. And it totally, I thought it explored really fun themes of found family and like dismissing racism and hatred where like it very much explored everybody has something important to bring to the table. And if you let them bring that, the world will be better for it. Like you will continue to fail as you try to grab up everything for yourself and not share. But if you think as a community, then you'll be successful and like... That messaging ruled. I loved, I really loved the movie. I thought it was so, so fun. So if you like Disney, obviously see Ryan the Lost Dragon, but if you like themes of community and things that kind of crap on individualism and things that are very, very, very lesbian, (laughs) watch Raya and the Last Dragon. It was really fun. And then... Tomorrow, when you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow, the new Amazon Prime show Invincible is coming out, and I would be so remiss if I did not plug Invincible. It is easily one of my favorite comic books of all time. I love Invincible, and they got the whole creative team that made the comic, they brought them over to make the animated show. The reviews are in, and they are amazing. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now ahead of release. And 
It's great. Ryan Otley, the artist, he's here. He lives in Utah with us. I've met oh. him a bunch of times. He's a very cool guy. And we, as of you, as of tomorrow, so Friday morning when the show airs, we are going to be starting a giveaway with the show where I, because, again, Ryan Otley from Utah, met him, great guy, I have a signed copy of Invincible number 100 signed by Ryan Otley that we will be giving away. The details will be on our Twitter for how you can enter to win that. But pretty please go watch Invincible. Tweet at us your thoughts about Invincible, your thoughts about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And yeah, I it's going to be a fun weekend to be a nerd. So let us know your thoughts about everything going on. And let us know what you've been reading lately. Let us know what you want us to read and talk about like I said, we are doing a little bit of a lighter schedule until April 22nd. And so there's a very real chance if you have something that you love and you want to talk about that we might read it and talk about it for an episode. Do you want me to say something now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm not even cutting that out. I'm going to let, I'm gonna let you flounder like that. <laughs> All right, so everybody, this has been another episode of The Comics Collective. We are coming in at a cool 51 minutes. Beautiful. We got in. We got out. Alexis made a fool of herself there at the end. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was watching on the <laughs> Skype. You know how like we have our little like initials? The mm-hmm. circle goes in and out, and I'm not even kidding. I was watching it go in and out, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, you stopped talking. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm glad to know that you, you listen to the things I say while we're on this show. We better get out of here before you say th- anything else incriminating. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, everybody, for listening. See you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.